Well, I still got you. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, this is Lindsey Miller, and you're listening to the Arkansas Times Week Interview Podcast, recorded Friday, June the 10th. On this week's edition, we're going to talk about the primetime January 6th committee hearing, Governor Hutchinson floating a significant raise for teachers, and the latest on Senator Trent Garner's double dip. I'm joined once again from Max Brantley. Afternoon. Uh, so you just returned from a, a trip uh in greece and turkey and other stops tell us what the best thing you ate was oh uh, kebabs in turkey <laughs> just street food great kebabs it was wonderful that sounds great you posted something on uh social media that looked like southern food yeah we went to this place my daughter had been there uh and it specializes in what they call black sea cookery i mean it's like from turkish lands that are on the black sea but it turned out it was like it was like butter beans and cornbread and, and uh, slow cooked greens. It was like eating at a, at a at a soul food restaurant in the Delta of Arkansas. It was good. It was excellent, but it was it was just kind of there were no unusual spices about it or anything. It was just soul food. It was it was kind of interesting. But it was good. That's wild. So uh, last night was the first of. Uh, planned series of primetime January 6th committee hearings. Uh, I, I I caught the video, which was, I think, probably the, the highlight or low light of it and just the tail end. I think you watched all of it. What were your takeaways? Oh, well, Liz Cheney was was masterful. The chair, Benny Thompson, gave kind of a flowery, a tough speech to open it. But Liz Cheney just piled fact upon fact upon fact, which if you if you give her any credit and she is a republican you just have to conclude they they're going to be able to nail donald trump at the top of a coordinated campaign to overturn the election i mean i i don't have great confidence that will you can already see the trumpers saying oh it's politics it's made up it's i don't have much hope that we'll have a watergate era light bulb go off among decent Republicans because there are not many decent Republicans left who will say, you know, this really was a terrible thing and we have to do everything we can to ensure that elections can't be stolen in the future and that Donald Trump never gets within a mile of the White House and preferably goes to jail for for being a traitor to the country. But uh, I thought Cheney did a great job and they th- there was some new information. Of course, they showed that Donald Trump's own daughter, who was a high White House insider accepted bill barr's view that uh, the notion that the election was stolen was quote bullshit unquote and so those were some highlights but i I don't know that i mean the the reaction of the arkansas congressional delegation tells you just about everything about where the republicanism in the south particularly is and that is they just dismiss it all french hill is one of the worst staggering hypocrites of all time he said this is just hyper-partisan business as if Liz Cheney and Dick Cheney's daughter is some Democratic partisan. And that uh, they're, they're, he's not worried about the fact that, that, that armed, violent people stormed the Capitol and tried to overturn an American election. He's trying to blame a lack of capital security on Nancy Pelosi. I mean, that that's kind of gives you an idea where our Congress people are. And, and Sarah Huckabee Sanders, is she, she going to answer questions about this? I mean, she's in the big fat middle of the Trump mafia. I, I just don't have much hope that there's uh, there's courage and integrity left among 
Arkansas Republicans to stand up and do the right thing and say, this man's a charlatan and we just simply have to go in a different. I guess, again, I must say that while I'm one of the smallest admirers of Asa Hutchinson going these days, he's fooled a lot of people, that he at least among Arkansas Republicans will say that Joe Biden won the election. And these days, that's a pretty large admission. So what do you think is is the near-term future for the Sarah Huckabee for governor campaign? Is it like, I'm going to just stay out of the public eye for as long as possible because yes. I feel yes. like I have this sewn up and I, I don't want to answer yes. any of these questions? She is going to have close encounters only at invitation-only events of her supporters. She will appear in things like a parade where she drives by in a car or a truck or a tractor, and she can be seen but not heard and certainly can't be asked any questions. I think the, the biggest single question about the election is, will she even accede to the typically almost meaningless PBS debate series where they give maybe one hour and there's a third-party candidate? Well, you know, you, you get maybe five minutes. And, and, it, and if she gets that time, if anybody will ask her anything about the Trump insurrection. But I think she's going to have a, a message that's all anti-Joe Biden, inflation, gas price talk on social media. She'll have $10 million to spend to continue to hammer that message. And she won't take any questions from reporters or do any interviews with anybody who's likely to ask her a tough question. And, it, and, and I suspect that that will be enough. Uh, it's a sad commentary. And I think we will see the other candidates on the Republican ticket, Tim Griffin for attorney general, <clears throat> Leslie Rutledge for lieutenant governor, and all the rest of them uh, follow that same template. They, they will not engage. They will talk about the socialist libtards and, and uh, not take any questions from anybody about anything substantive. You know, we, I mean, the, the primary election was, was really a sobering event because, number one, more people voted Republican than Democrat, of course. But what we learned about the Republicans who do vote is, Jesus, they're awful. And, and it kind of underscores what we were talking about earlier before we started recording about <clears throat> how newspapers are meaningless anymore. The Republicans don't give a damn what they say. They don't care what's reported. Hardly anybody reads them anymore. And uh, and so legislators just don't care. I mean, Mark Lowry wins the nomination in a landslide to be treasurer of the state of Arkansas, a guy with bankruptcy records of a tax scoff law or, or an immoral snake and a liar. And, and he wins in a runaway against a guy who was heavily backed by the state business establishment. I mean, that's uh, <laughs> these are dark times for Arkansas politics. Well, let's move on and, and talk about something that's uh, a little more positive, but, but probably unlikely. Uh, this uh, Governor Hutchinson held a press conference last week, and Austin Bailey and I talked about it. Mostly, the the takeaway I think was. Uh, you know, we need to harden our schools and can't do anything about guns. And it was just an infuriating hour. But then I, I, I don't think he really mentioned it. Maybe he teased it. He, he got kind of a bad response after that, at least in some quarters. And then the next 
day or Sunday, he floated this idea of substantially raising Arkansas teacher salaries. It's something that a massive teacher pay raise. And, and I, you know, it's interesting that he would do that. Maybe he's just should get credit for saying a good thing. Because I, and, and frankly, I, in the current Republican climate for somebody hoping to make headway in a presidential race, which he is, I don't think teachers are particularly valued these days. I mean, they're, they're, they're kind of, you know, anti-teacher is very popular among, among Republicans these days. And so I don't know what he really hoped to gain, except maybe he was just for once doing the right thing, which he doesn't very often, but every now and then does. But here's the thing. It's going, it will go nowhere. Not going to happen. There isn't a single legislator in a position to do anything about it who said anything, but uh, I think that's a little uh, too, uh, too, a little bit too much for us to spend. But it, I mean, and, and it would be incredibly expensive. I mean, it, it wouldn't be a one, we got a billion and a half dollars of surplus, but it would be an ongoing expenditure of what, $300 million a year? That's a lot of money, and that takes a big hunk out of the tax cut that most of the legislators are, are are hungering to give to the rich people of Arkansas. So nice idea, not going anywhere. Though, you know, it, it, part of the initiative was was to make us more competitive regionally. We've had some raises uh, that the legislature approved and over the last decade or so that were incremental, but now Mississippi has outpaced us. And so... I, I small hope that the, you got to beat Mississippi and not be the worst. That could, seems to move. that seems to count on high-paying jobs that worked on getting giving judges giant pay raises that they didn't deserve or earn in Arkansas. But school teachers, no, nah, there's all those people want people wearing masks and shit in the schools and getting people shots, and that's just not very popular with. And somehow Arkansas Republicans think that the teachers' unions are out there which are non-existent in this state and, and only existent in some major cities around the country somehow are the, are the cause of all the ills in today's public schools. So it's I, a, I just don't, I, I just don't see it going anywhere. Would, would Asa put it on the call, even if he didn't have su- the support for, uh, well, you know, he might. I mean, I mean, I think, I think there's some willingness in the legislature to add it. For one-time bonus, for maybe another incremental lift at the at the minimum starting pay, and so I mean I think they could maybe pass a little something, but uh, something is is uh, as broad as he pitched out there that's taking people up to sixty thousand dollars. I mean that's a wonderful idea, but man, I, it's just not gonna happen. All right. Well, finally, we talked last week with Austin about uh, a story that she broke on uh, Trent Garner, the uh, pugnacious state senator from El Dorado, who's stepping down. Uh, I think the legal technical term. I think the legal technical term for him is asshole. <laughs> anyway, uh, his. Uh, Becoming a, a, a public defender, but that was a, a short-lived position, and and there've been a lot of uh, uh, ethical and potential criminal uh, elements associated with it. Yeah, well, Matt Campbell, Blue Hog Report, did a pretty deep dive into all the legal complications of giving Trent Garner a job as a public defender, which is essentially a public job. It's it's funded by the state and federal money. 
through agencies that are essentially arms of the state and, and through the Public Defenders Commission, which is a, a state agency. And the head of that commission just misread the law. I mean, and the law already was clear that a sitting member of the legislature can't take a state job. They just can't do it. And in fact, it's a felony for them to do so. And furthermore, Trent Garner is going to have a hard time should somebody get the guts to prosecute him saying he didn't knowingly violate the law, which is an element of proving the crime, because he voted for a law that made it clearer than ever that you may not, as a member of the legislature, take a public job. Well, that's one thing. Another thing is, is this is pretty clearly an ethical violation of the legislature to member of the legislature to take this money. Another thing is, is there's likely going to be a complaint to the state Supreme Court Committee on Professional Conduct, which reg regulates lawyers, which he is, because you would think it would be some sort of a disciplinary violation for a lawyer to openly violate the law, as he did in taking this job. He, the minute, at, the day after Matt Campbell's big story on all these legal technicalities emerged, the Public Defender Commission said, you know, he's right. You're going to have to terminate this job and, and uh, Garner resign. But now there's still the question of the almost $10,000 he was paid during his short time on the, on the public payroll. That's what looks an awful lot like an illegal exaction of state taxpayer money, and he should be made to pay it back. So I'm hoping there's going to be a lot more fallout. There couldn't be a more richly deserved uh, guy to get in, getting some grief than Trent Garner. So there's a, there's a little shading for it in this, no doubt about that. Yeah, well, um, um, hats off again to Matt Campbell. He did, he did real yeoman's work on this. And the, the Democrat Gazette only picked up the story kind of uh, after it had been out there for a little while. And um, you you noted its continued use of calling him a left-leaning blogger, which was really not material at all. In this case, no. just did great work. The other thing that was screwy about the Democratic Gazette story is it quoted uh, UA Litterock uh, Bowen School law professor Robert Steinbach and let him go on and on about how the law was bad and probably should be changed and that he wasn't. Well, and, go ahead. Yes. And Steinbach is a nut, first of all. And, and, they, and he's become the go-to expert for the Democrat Gazette, despite the fact that he's lost any number of court battles in which he's found to have been totally wrong on, on issues of the law. And they go to him because he'll talk to him about anything. And it was, and he was, he was, as I recall it, I, I can go back and I wish I had it in front of me, but he said something about the, about the Garner case that I thought was just wrong. I mean, about. Well, about, yeah, what, what I was going to say is he said that, uh, that, Really, public defenders work for indigent defenders. It just happens that they get a, a paycheck from the state. So, so the interpretation of the law should be a little different, which is just a well, nutty take. Well, that's just a nutty take. I mean, the question is, is can a legislator take money from the state on top of the state pay and the law is clear than, for, for whatever reason? I mean, it doesn't matter who, who you're working for. I mean, it's yeah, I thought that was a really nutty, a nutty thing for him to say. And it's it's kind of typical of the crap that comes out of Steinbuck's mouth. And thank God he lost the race for the legislature in the Republican primary. Can't imagine him cut loose. And it would be nice for the Democrat to call somebody else. And I think from now on, we just need to call the Democrat Gazette a, a Republican leaning newspaper because editorially they certainly are. I mean, it's this was just good work by Matt Campbell, who's, who's done a lot of it. But who, who, who undoubtedly is of the liberal persuasion? No doubt about that.
Yeah. All right. Well, let's leave it there and move on to endorsements. What do you got this week? Well, well, I've suddenly gotten into Tom Parada books, and uh, he he's written a follow-up to his election book about Tracy Flick, which became the movie that Reese Witherspoon starred in, you know, about this, this scheming high school kid. But he he brings it up to date with Tracy Flick is now assistant principal of a high school where her where her uh, earlier adventures occurred and she's in line to be the new principal of the high school and she really wants it badly but things begin to conspire to get in the way of her and it's uh, it's a story told from her point of view and lots of different people in the book and it was i don't know i just found it it, it was great uh airline reading and it was and i liked it so much that i've now started another of his books called mrs fletcher on which they made an hbo series about and I'm finding it easily readable as well. I'm fighting jet lag, and so I'm waking up at 3.30 in the morning every day, and I found Tom Parada is a pretty good uh, pretty good way to spend those long, dark hours in the middle of the night. Well, that sounds good. Uh, well, my family was out of town this week, and I went with a buddy to eat at Taj Mahal, the Indian restaurant out off uh, Roddy Parham. It's been a long time since I've been there. I've always been fairly loyal to Star of India. Taj Mahal is very good and uh, had some samosa chat, which is uh, kind of deconstructed samosas with some chickpeas and some good curry sauce and some crunchy things on it. As an oh, appetizer. Yeah, chat. But that could be a meal in itself and uh, and some lamb biryani, which, you know, the any Indian restaurant where you order biryani is you're going to get two meals worth. And um, it was it was good. I'm going to go back. Uh, it, oh, it sounds great. Yeah. I haven't been there and I haven't been to the Indian place. It's out Highway 10 that, that says it offers a lot of chat dishes, too. And I, I need I need to get out there. I, I love Indian food of, of every sort. Yeah, so the the center where Taj Mahal is going is going through a big renovation, and the parking lot is all messed up. And uh, we were seated at a table that was really sticky, and apparently it's because of the construction. All of the uh, uh. all of the tables are kind of messed up. Uh, we we pushed through, and we're glad to, but that's just kind of a warning. Um, okay, looks like Noted. it's. It's nearing its completion, so you might wait a couple weeks. All right. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. Stay safe out there, and we'll be back next week. We'll see you. Bye.